Good morning and welcome to our sermon for Pentecost Sunday. And you can see I've changed my stole. I am very blessed to have two stoles for the festive season. This stole uh, has the symbol of the, the dove as well, but it also has some symbols that show that the Holy Spirit flows freely everywhere. And I pray that the Holy Spirit um, flows throughout your entire life. And that's what we're going to focus on a little bit today in today's sermon. Our focus is a new, our new start, which will be our worship series for the next few weeks. And our focus today is our new start led by the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this opportunity to worship. We give you thanks that you have poured out your spirit on your people, your church. Lord, help us to be your people and your church in this world. Whether we meet in a building or we meet at home or we meet elsewhere, Lord, may we continue to grow in your spirit. May your spirit affect not just some of the things that we do, but everything we're involved in. And loving Father, as we look at today's gift of the Holy Spirit, help us to see what you're giving us, but also help us to see how to use what you're giving us for your glory. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. A couple of verses to focus on, in fact four verses to focus on for today, come from Acts chapter 2 verses 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place and they were all Jesus' disciples, people who were following him, not just the 12 but quite a large number. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages or other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Our focus for today is how the Spirit leads us into new starts and also how our new starts should be Spirit-led. The reality is in most of our lives we have new starts, don't we? Some new starts we make a a conscious choice to, to start But other new starts happen to us because of circumstances in our lives. One of the things that we're going to be dealing with as a church is the new start we have in being church after COVID-19 restrictions are lifted or as COVID-19 restrictions are lifted. I'm pretty sure there's going to be some things that we'll return to doing, but I'm also pretty sure there's going to be some different ways that we go about being church to bless people in the world with God's love and God's grace. My challenge for you is to be encouraged by that, to be encouraged by the new things that we can do. And if you have ideas, please let me know. But we also have new starts in our lives, such as when relationships begin and end. Sometimes it's at the birth of a new child, and I can remember our first baby in particular, Mercedes, was a very much a new start. It changed our lives dramatically. Sometimes we have new starts because jobs begin and end. Sometimes we have a choice of that and sometimes we don't. Sometimes we have a new start because of we move. We move homes, we move towns, we move suburbs, we move interstate, we even move countries. And sometimes we have a new start in life simply because we move from being at home to being a student, to going to work, to retirement. And often amongst that, sometimes we might go work, student, work, student, retirement, work. But we are, most of us will have some new starts in our lives. 
I invite you to think about what have been some of the good new starts that you've had in your lives. How has God blessed you with those new starts? And how many of those new starts do you believe that have been God-driven or God-led? Something for us to ponder as we reflect on what does it mean to have our new starts led by the Spirit. I have two questions for you. What could it possibly look like if every new start in our life was Spirit-led? What could it possibly look like if every new start in our life was Spirit-led? And the second question is, how does God's Spirit shape and change the future of everything we are involved in? The gift of the Holy Spirit was extremely significant for those people on those days because it was the gift that allowed them to continue God's ministry, the ministry that Jesus had given them. It was the gift that had helped them be shaped as a community and as individuals to reflect God in the world. And the same should be true for each one of us. It's how does God's spirit shape and change the future of everything we're involved in? I remember listening to an NRL rugby league player who was a Christian, and he says, my main focus in life is not to be the best rugby league player. My main focus on life is to use the gifts that I've given for rugby league to the glory of God, to help others, to connect with people so that they can know about Jesus who loves them and forgives them. And that's one way, when we think about it, that God shapes our future. So before we look a bit closer at our new start led by the Spirit, there's a little bit of background I want to give you to two key words or phrases. The first is the Holy Spirit. And we could spend a whole series of sermons for a year on the Holy Spirit. But I just want to give you a little bit of background that's relevant to our focus today on the Holy Spirit leading us into our new starts. First of all, the Holy Spirit is promised by Jesus to continue his mission. And that's quite significant. The gift of the Holy Spirit is not a gift to individuals or the church to do its own thing. It's a gift to go and live and do God's mission, to do Jesus' mission in the world. And I encourage you to think about that, what that means for you as somebody who, has, who may have been baptised, who has listened to God's word, who has received his spirit. What it means for you now to take that and to be used for God's mission and ministry. The second thing is the Holy Spirit. There is something significant about the Holy Spirit and Jesus. Jesus' ministry began his Jesus began his ministry after being spirit filled. If you recall in Luke chapter four one, the Holy Spirit came down and then he began his ministry. And likewise, the church begins its ministry after it has received the Holy Spirit, as we see in today's reading in Acts chapter two, verse four. The third thing about the Holy Spirit is God's Spirit is our holy teacher. Jesus promises us the Holy Spirit to continue to teach us the ways of God. And you see this in Luke chapter 10, verse 11 to 12. The other thing about the Holy Spirit, which is 
helpful to understand is the Holy Spirit is about bringing life to things. If you go back to Genesis 1, the language that is used um, infers that the Holy Spirit is present and life comes about. If you go to John chapter 6, verse 63, we see the same thing, that the Holy Spirit is the creator of life. So everything in our life has been created by the Holy Spirit. Every opportunity that we're involved in has been created by the Holy Spirit. And the last thing I just want to touch on with the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit is always connected with God's Word. It's always consistent with God's Word. And you'll see this again in John chapter 6, verse 63. And if you look at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 to 14. Now some people... Um, don't quite get this. They sometimes think, oh, that's just an old book and the Spirit's leading me to do something else. That's not the case. God's Spirit works through His Word to help us understand what it means to be His people in this world and reflect His love. The other word I want to touch on is the word for today, the word Pentecost. Pentecost um, is the Greek for Shavuot or the Festival of Weeks. Now, the Festival of Weeks was one of the three major pilgrimages of the Jewish faith. It was an annual celebration that occurred seven weeks after Passover. And at that annual celebration, they celebrated that everything agriculturally was a gift from God. That was one of its focuses. They also celebrated that God had given them the Torah. They also celebrated that God had freed the Israelites from slavery in Egypt and they're on the way to the promised land or they had received the gift of the promised land. They celebrated that God had made them a nation. They celebrated that God had fulfilled his promises to give them the promised land, as I mentioned before. And they celebrated that God provides them with rest from their labours. And so this was the the reason that they celebrated. It was kind of a, a, a reminder to the people that God has been at work. He has given them everything that they have, that he has given them not only the food that they eat, but he's given them the the Torah, the teachings of who he is and what he's expecting of them. And he has freed them. He's given them freedom and he has made them a nation. And the people, in response to all of that, when it comes to the Festival of the Weeks, they would bring their first fruits, the first things they had grown. And this is a very interesting concept because it's about trusting God. If you think about the first fruits, imagine if I said to you, I want you to give me the first vegetables out of your vegetable patch. You're trusting that the rest will still give you enough food. And that's the symbolic nature of the Festival of Weeks, is that these people were trusting God because God had continually provided for them and continually given for them. And so a question that is asked is, why did God choose this specific day to pour down his Holy Spirit on his people? We're going to have a quick look at that in a few moments. So what does it mean for us now to have a new start that is led by the Spirit? Well, there's a little bit of a hint in what is happening with the festival of weeks compared to what happens on the actual day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit comes down. You see, the focus is not on 
what we give God. That festival of the weeks had often turned into a, a celebration, a festival about what people had to do. We have to bring our first fruits. We have to bring um, our first grain, our first lamb, our first fruits of everything to celebrate. And that's where their focus was. And yet when we look at the Holy Spirit, and particularly in Romans chapter 8, it unpacks this a bit further for us, we see that God pours out his Holy Spirit on his people. And Romans 8, 23 says this, Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. And so the focus moves from what we give God to what God gives us. And so being led by the Spirit, that's what our focus is. We focus not on what we have to do, because that's trying to create the church in our image, what we want, how we like it, how we think it should happen. But instead, we rely on what God gives us. I often like talking about mission. We're called to mission in the context we're in. And so in this current time, we've adapted to the situation we face to be able to share God's word, God's love to people. And we've used what resources we have available to us. They're the things God has given us. And I pray that you too have been able to use what you have to share with others. But you also rely on God. And the other part about relying on God's Spirit is constantly listening to His Word, not thinking we know it all, no matter how old we are. I love an interaction I had with a 90-year-old Christian who turned up to a youth convention one day, a youth training, child youth and family training event, and the presenter said, how come you're here? And she says, I'm still learning, I've still got more to learn. The Spirit has still more to teach me. And I pray that's the same for you. That the focus in your Christian life is not on what you do. What we do is helpful and God will call us to do things, as Ephesians also talk about. But I pray that the focus in your Christian life is about on what God is giving you. What God continues to teach you and bless you with. And that's what he did for those first disciples and that's what he does for us every time we gather for worship every time we engage with the scriptures and especially engage with the scriptures with others God is giving us his spirit the second thing that what it means for us to to have a new start led by the spirit is that we need to make time to wait and receive from God One of the blessings, I believe, for some people in this COVID situation that we've experienced is that people have been forced to wait because certain things have stopped in their lives. They've been forced to reflect on God's love and God's grace. And so I encourage you to think about that for yourself. What does it mean to make time to wait and receive from God regularly? Reflect on what God has given you. Next, in our new start, being led by the Spirit, we receive the Spirit not for our own benefit, not so we can be glorified ourselves, not so we can feel wonderful, but we primarily receive God's Spirit to be God's witnesses to all people. In Acts chapter 2, verse 11b, we hear, 
We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. In other words, this group of people which were from all over the world were starting to hear the message of God in their own language. Even though the disciples didn't have that skill originally. Because God wants his message to go to all people. And if we connect that with another part of scripture, particularly what's called the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 to 20, we hear Jesus say to his disciples, and he also says to you and me, we're to go about our lives and make disciples of all nations. Every person we know, every person we interact with, every person we encounter, that's who's God calling us to make disciples of all nations. Not just the people we like or the people we're comfortable with, but all people. And that's what it means to be spirit-led, is our focus is not just on ourselves, it's not just internally, but it's a very broad focus. Now, as a pastor of a church, that's always my challenge, is to be thinking about how can we help others connect to Jesus. And one of the things that sometimes I realise is that, or two of the things I realise is sometimes God places opportunities right in front of us that we could never thought of and planned for. For instance, at St Paul's, We've had the opportunity to minister and continue ministering to some Mongolians who um, we never planned about. But the other thing that is important for us to think about is that um, when we minister to all people, sometimes our life is going to be different. Sometimes the way we go about church is different. Sometimes we're going to be uncomfortable because God's going to be saying, these are the people I've placed in your life, but to connect with them, you're going to have to change the way you go about doing church. So I have a question for you to think about on this point is, how is God leading you to be his witnesses to all people? What is happening in your life at the moment where God has placed people in your life who may be different from you, but God has given you the opportunity to share his love, his grace, his mercy to them? Think about what you may have to let go of, but also think about what you may have to adapt to. You see, our call to be witnesses to all people is not to go and carry on our own mission. And one of the, the, the research which is quite consistent is that dying churches are people who just focus on themselves, who just focus on what they want and makes them comfortable. Growing churches take this on board, that they be led by the Spirit to be witnesses to all people. And so I encourage you to think about that for a while and think about what, does that, what implications exist for you, what changes may you have to let go of, changes may you have to adapt, and what may you have to let go of. The next in being an, on a new start led by the Spirit, and I've touched on this, is that our primary mission in life is God's mission, not our mission. I can tell you we all have thoughts on what makes a good church. We all have thoughts on how church should be. But I can tell you as a pastor, one of the things that I've learnt and has surprised me is when I get engaged with people, particularly engaged with people over God's word, what I start discovering is God has such a far bigger and far better plan than I ever thought. Because his mission is focused on all people. He also often 
wants to do things in a different way than I think. But when I gather with others, when I, in, I, I gather with others over the word and listen to them, I gain different perspectives and I can see God at work. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, we hear, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And as I mentioned last week, that's like going from, I'm going to be your witnesses at home, which is part of our call. I'm going to be your witnesses in your street. I'm going to be your witness, you're going to be my witnesses in your suburb, in your city, in your state. I'm going to be your own witnesses in your nation and globally. It sounds like a big call. But with God's power and spirit, let's see what God can do. And so a couple of questions on this point for you to think about is, what does it mean that everything you're involved in is about making disciples of all nations? Because if, it's in, if we are God's witnesses to the ends of the earth, from home to the ends of the earth, it doesn't just mean a geographical point, but it means everything we're involved with. I'd invite you to take a few moments to think about, or even write down, what are the, the activities that you're involved with throughout the week and then beside that jot down and think about what does it mean for you to be a God's witnesses in those situations what are the opportunities that exist for you to share God's love and grace and mercy through both your words and your actions the second question on this point is how is being spirit led shaping and changing your future Some years ago, I talked to a retired couple and this retired couple said they had great plans for retirement until they listened to God and God had far better, far more constructive plans. And so I said, tell me more. And their story went something like this. Well, our plans was to to buy the most luxurious van we could and travel around Australia and enjoy life and spend the the kids' inheritance on ourselves. We worked hard. We deserve it. But they said all that changed after some time of prayer and some Bible studies. And as they did those things, they started to realise that God was calling them to be active in their life. They now had time. They are now still reasonably healthy to be active in their life in engaging with people, helping the church, helping people in the community connect with God. And when I say engaging the church, they actually worked with the church to develop a way of interacting more and better with their local community. So my thought for you is, how is being spirit-led shaping and changing your future? Or how might change your future? Instead of you having your plans for a new start, what might it mean if you ask God to show you what the plan should be for your new start. The next is being spirit-led means we live and work with others as a community and team. I don't know if you picked this up, but the story today in Acts chapter 2 was the disciples were waiting together. The followers of Jesus were waiting together. Together, They weren't going off and doing their own things and saying, oh, give me a call when the Spirit comes, you know, I'll jump on board. Or they weren't going, oh, you know, I've just got to do my own thing. 
They were spending time together. And if you look at the rest of the New Testament, you've seen this community focus of what it means to be church. A being Christian is not just an individual experience. Yes, we need to receive each of us, to receive the Holy Spirit personally, to honour God and say and respond to God's love personally, but we also need to do it with others. We need to worship together. We need to study together. We need to listen to each other because it's through God's community that God continues to shape who we are. But not only that, he gives us the resources to be able to share his message well. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And so a couple of questions on this point for you to think about is, who are the Christians you are mixing with that are helping you grow in being spirit-filled? Sometimes we can mix with Christians and we just talk about idle things. And other times we can meet with Christians and we can encourage each other. But we can also help each other in our various missionary opportunities that exist. And so who are the Christians you are mixing with that are helping you be grow being spirit-filled? And the other question I'd encourage you to think about is, how can you meet with and encourage other Christians? You see, this community focus of Christianity is very important. God wants us to be church together, people together. Now, I know it's not always easy to get along with everyone. But we can still be church together. And when we have difficulties with others in the church, let that not be our main focus of our relationships. But instead, let us come together and focus on God and see what God can do in those difficult relationships. And let us focus on Jesus and allow Jesus to speak to us and shape us and guide us. Because being church together brings real blessings, not only to you, but it brings blessings to the wider community and it actually brings blessings to the world. It helps us serve the world in a far better way than we can individually. And so I encourage you, I encourage you to live a life of new starts being led by the Holy Spirit. For some of you, that'll mean the new starts that you're involved with, the things that start new, you pray about and ask God to shape. For some of you, you're involved with life now, but there may be a different way to approach work or maybe a different way to approach your marriage or retirement by being led by the Holy Spirit. You see, as Romans chapter 8, verse 14 says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. And when we are the children of God, we live in this world that's not perfect, but knowing we are loved by God, that God has given us a future, but we also live knowing that God has given us a mission to share his love into the world, that he wants people to know that he's not the God of wrath, not the God of demands, but the God of grace, the God of love, and the God who gives life now, but also gives life eternally. And he has proven that through what Jesus has done on the cross and through the resurrection. May you live a new life led by the Spirit. Amen.